This is Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 242. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. If you listen to Restaurant Unstoppable, you've heard our guest mentor say you need a solid business plan. That can be intimidating. Maybe you don't know the first thing about creating a business plan. Remember, plan your work, work your plan, and do it with live plan. To learn more and to get started with your first month free, yes, I said free, that's a $20 savings exclusive to Restaurant Unstoppable listeners. Visit liveplan.com slash unstoppable, that is liveplan.com forward slash unstoppable, get on it. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you, back onto the show for the third time, a guy who is just increasingly becoming a great friend of mine, Chef Chris Hill. Chris, I don't even have to ask if you're feeling unstoppable today. I know the answer. Dude, always. Absolutely (laughs) always. Exactly. You, oh man, I, I can't wait to talk about your book, but let me just uh, give the listeners at home just a quick aerial view of who you are. If they haven't heard of you on the other two times that you were on the show uh, or they didn't listen to those episodes. So uh, inspired chef, restaurateur, entrepreneur, 2X TEDx speaker, founder of ChefBrandingAcademy.com and author of the newly published Fresh Off the Press's book, Making the Cut, What Separates the Best from the Rest, Chef Chris Hill is constantly striving to practice what he preaches, which in essence is just leaving the world a better place after you've just gone through your journey. And uh, today we're here to talk about his book, uh, Making the Cut. But before we get the conversation going, uh, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick it off today with a success quote uh, from your book that I picked up from your book. You are actually quoting Jeff Goins in this part of the book, but I love this quote, so I can't wait to share it. And that is, uh, I used to think that your calling was about doing something good in the world, but I understand it is about becoming someone good and then letting the goodness impact the world. I love that quote, man. That is just so just like in parallel to, to what I've also learned doing something very similar to you, which is just like your book is about interviewing successful people. So, I mean, what did that quote, you know, how did that resonate with you? Yeah, man, it's, it's really powerful. And there's a reason why I put that at the end, kind of the last chapter, kind of sum everything up because you know, I think a lot of us feel like we have to find this certain thing we're supposed to do, and whether it's being a chef or, or anything else in life. And I think the the biggest problem is like we we get this job or we start moving down this path, and it's not really fulfilling or rewarding. We all have a vision for where we want to go, and then if we take a step back and say, well, maybe it's an inner job, and, and maybe it's me, and I, I have to kind of bring my best self to, to to work into my relationships every single day. If I do that, then I can really do whatever it is any type of job or any type of career whatsoever and, and find enjoyment and, and fulfillment out of that. And really at the end of the day, it's about leaving the world a better place. And I think the more you can kind of make yourself better every single day, the more you're going to want to actually leave the world a better place you know, when it's all said and done. Yeah, absolutely. And to me, this book, Making the Cut, uh, is almost like a handbook of how to become a, a better person, to, to be a good person, to do good, and to leave that impact onto the world. It's almost like a checklist of what those who have come before us, who are just like extremely successful, what they do, and it's taking lessons from them and sharing those lessons with how you can leave that goodness behind and impact the world. And uh, I love how you just talked about uh, that that inner job. What I mean, dive deeper into what you mean by the, the inner job of improving yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's something that I've really embraced the last couple of years, but to be perfectly honest, there was there was times when, you know, five, six years ago, when I you kind of first jumped in where, you know, I wasn't really, I was working hard, I was getting becoming a better cook and a better chef, but I wasn't actually working on myself, and I can't remember who it is, but maybe it's Jim Rohn or Zig Ziglar, one of those guys talking about how, you know, the the, the most important thing you can do every single day is to invest in yourself like mm-hmm. not invest in other things or other people but yourself first mm-hmm. and and for me that that took a while really it almost yeah you know, i was 
burning through relationships with girls. I was, I wasn't, I wasn't doing drugs or anything like that, but I wasn't being the person I knew I could be. Mm. And so at one point, a couple of years ago, it just kind of clicked. And, you know, I think it's just super important to, to first to kind of like know that, Hey, tomorrow is a new day and I can change my life. I can change the direction whenever I want to. And I think a lot of us are just so stuck on autopilot. We're so kind of in this tunnel vision that we don't actually open our eyes to see, well, how am I showing up today? How am I showing up tomorrow, this weekend? And if we actually kind of look at that, I think a lot of us would step back and say, well, I can probably do a better job than what I'm doing right now. Mm. And once you kind of start taking that mentality and, and trying to be better than you were the day before and knowing that it is an inner job, then I think it, 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 your life changes not only for like that day and for the next week, but I think for the rest of your life. Dude, it's like you you read my mind. It's like you knew where I wanted to go and where I was hoping to go, what direction to go in with this interview because the next question I had like scribbled down is just like you talk a lot about just living intentionally in this book and the impact of living intentionally. And that's uh, that's one thing I, I totally agree with you. We get stuck in this grind uh, and we just kind of get stuck into like this one little uh, – like we accept where we are. We never really push to become – better we never really surround ourselves with the people who can help us become better and there's just so much in this book uh that hints towards that intentional path in life and doing everything with that intent uh i love it do you want to expand on that a little bit more yeah well you know i think intent is kind of hand in hand or, or cousins with having a vision and i can tell you when i when i jumped into restaurants seven years ago i guess full time i worked in restaurants you know, on and off for you know a dozen years but I really jumped in full time after leaving my my office job. I I just knew that I didn't want to do that anymore. But I didn't I didn't really step back and take a minute to say, well, where do I want this to go? And so I think for the first couple of years, you know, I think maybe we'll talk about it later on in, in the conversation. But in the first couple of years with the restaurant, you know, we weren't making any money. Banging our heads against the wall was frustrating. And I think a lot of that was because we didn't have a clear vision as a group of people working together. Mm-hmm. And I think it definitely you know, correlates to your own life. Like Michael Hyatt has a, a new book recently out and he talks about the drift and how like mm. you never drift, you never drift somewhere that you want to go. And a lot of us end up in these places in our life and we kind of look back and say, wow, how did I get here? And it's like, well, if I were just taking a minute to kind of audit to try and create this vision for my life, you know, maybe it's writing it down. Maybe it's, you know, I post something above my office at the restaurant or, or here in the office. You know, whatever it is, we need to really kind of figure out what it is. I mean, we get one shot at this thing called life, and if we don't take you know full advantage of it, I think we're you know we're missing a huge opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, visioning is just so crucial. Having that intent and really knowing where you you're steering the ship, not just your business but your life, um, your career. Uh, you can use visioning in almost every aspect or not almost, but you can absolutely use it in every aspect of your life. Um, let me ask you, what was your vision with this book? Why, why did you write this book? What was your, like, like Simon Sinek says, what, what is your why and what was driving you behind getting this book written? Well, I think there's kind of two primary reasons, motives, whatever you want to call it. Um, the, the first and less important was, you know, I love being able to do this work and as you can relate as a you know, podcast host and you know, put funneling a lot of energy into the work that you do, you know, I do a lot of the same with you know, answering people's questions. You know, did a live stream for you know, an hour last night, answered you know, a couple hundred questions, things like that. And I want to keep doing this work. And if, if I'm going to keep doing it, I need to be able to you know, somehow pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, I could definitely jump back into restaurants full time. You know, I, I still would like to open up my own another of my own restaurants, you know, down the road. But right now I really feel like I'm better serving the community in our, in our industry by doing this type of work. So if I'm going to keep doing it, I felt like, <clears throat> I felt like the best path for me being a writer was to publish this book, especially now that I, I have a decent sized audience. I think I'm right, right under hundred thousand followers on Facebook now, which has been cool to see. And, mm. and, and it's really kind of, it's, it's not really, I mean, it's not about me. It's, it's about, these ideas that I bring to the table. And it's also about me creating this platform where people can connect with each other. So, you know, the first really goal was the less important of the two was to you know, make a little bit of money so I can kind of keep doing this. Mm-hmm. And then, and then from there, 
the really more important goal, which you can probably relate to also, is you know, I see this industry that struggles. You know, I when I started writing it back um, you know, six months ago, I got this email from, you know, I started the book with this, this kid that, that uh, had been in and out of drugs, ended up hanging himself in uh, his house, and that kind of story happens all the time. You know, if, if we don't, it is not us, it's one of our friends or people that work with us at one of the restaurants, and, and if you haven't seen it, then you're probably just not paying attention. Yeah. So, you know, I said, like, all right, well, how can I help these people on a bigger scale? How can I actually, you know, make a difference? And I felt like there's a lot of things that need to be said and a lot of people that need help. And I felt like, for me, I could kind of tie my story in also and, and show that, hey, like, it's not all, like, roses and butterflies. And it's not all perfect and great. Um, these are some great chefs that have done some great things, and I think we can all learn from them as great examples of the industry. But, hey, here's my story, too. And it hadn't really gone as planned a lot of times. So what can you do with, you know, what can you do next? Yeah, and I mean, the way I like to think of the work that we do, whether it be through the podcast or through writing a book like you've done, um, I look to look at my podcast as a restaurant. And the, the job of any restaurant is to provide a service and to provide value, whether it's to your guests or to your 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 team, to you know, to invest in others. Like you say in your book, it's all about other people. And to me, that, that work of trying to do something at the core of the purpose of whatever it is you're doing is to support other people and to know at the end of the day that whether it's a smile on one of your guests going out the door, their, their face when they're leaving that door because you've created an incredible experience for them or you've helped them become a better person because of the work you've done through interviewing amazing people who have incredible advice, whether through a book or through a podcast, that work of knowing that you're leaving that person better at the end of the day is so incredibly rewarding. Um, and I can tell you, you have that same bug. You, you share that same drive, dude. And I love it. I think that's really why we all do this work. Uh, whether it's, you know, this kind of media stuff that you and I do a lot of, or actually being in the kitchen, which we, we've both done before as well. And, and, yeah, I mean, now, like, having a platform, like, I'm able to connect with so many people, and and you'd be surprised with, you know, how many emails I get every single day, and if I just, you write back a two or three sentence response to a question somebody had, and then say, oh, wow, this is, like, Chef Chris Hill, like, like, I'm a big deal or something, I mean, they're like, wow, like, this guy actually cared enough to write me back, and now I have not only somebody that, I, you know, hopefully is part of my community forever, but also, hopefully they can kind of look at how I'm trying to be intentional about my life and then apply that to what they're doing. You know, in an industry, there's the, you know, in an industry that has so many challenges and struggles and, you know, drugs and alcohol and failed relationships, like, let's all just try and figure this out and work, work on it together. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, let's, let's get back to talking about living intentionally and bringing it personal to you in your life. And it seems like the pain that you were experiencing at a young age uh, and who you're here to help is that younger version of yourself because you were kind of lost. I mean, uh, let's talk about who you were and what your life was like before you started living intentionally and uh time out. I'm going to take five steps over to the table because I left your book like right out of arm's reach. <laughs> okay. I'm back. Yeah. Yeah, but you before the last, you before the last couple of years, really before I kind of started doing this work of writing and sharing my thoughts. You're not like I'm an expert or anything. I'm a student. I'm trying to learn and get better myself every single day. But you know, I, I was, I was so I was I was lost. I was at a place where, you know, I, I felt like I was doing all the right things. You know, I went to college. I went to grad school. I know you can relate with this also. You know. Got a master's in marketing. Got exactly. <laughs> you got, got a pilot. <laughs> exactly, man. Um, you know, I'm. I uh, got a great job in consulting. You know, doing marketing consulting, and I, I, I hated my. I hated what I was doing. I was. I'd stay up every night and you know, drink whiskey with my with my sister until two o'clock in the morning because I didn't want to have to wake up and then do the same thing the next day. And then you know, I made this change and jumped full time into restaurants. But then still, like, I still was was not really, I was doing work that I loved and I loved being part of it, but I wasn't really connected to like a bigger mission. I was putting good food out, but I wasn't making a difference in the way that I know that we all can. I wasn't mentoring people the way I, I knew that I, I definitely am able to now. Yeah. And go back a little, because I feel like, um, 
that whole experience, that whole thing you're going through with not having a purpose, not having a feeling hollow, not really feeling like you're contributing to anything greater. That happens so often to so many people and really dive into um, how that felt and where you were emotionally and mentally when you, you just weren't waking up full with just, you know, uh, I don't know, aspiration to tackle something that you love. And like, what was it like to be hollow like that? Well, you know, I'll start off by saying I, I love Seth Godin and his work. And he, I heard him talking one time and he said, I haven't set an alarm clock in 15 years because he loves just jumping out of bed and doing what he loves every day. And, you know, I'm at that place now. Yeah. Um, people say that you, you should try and find the work that you would do for free if you could and find a way to get paid for it. Uh, but yeah, before I was doing that, I was, um, I was, I was miserable. I was, I was drinking too much. I was, I was, wasn't treating female relationships in the right way. I was, I was, uh, I wasn't a bad guy, but I wasn't really connecting with, with people the way, you know, I should have been. And I think the most important thing for me was I just, again, wasn't, I wasn't intentional. I wasn't connected to the work. And, and I think that just eats at you. So many people are willing to sit and work a nine to five job or work wherever. Um, people come to me all the time saying, Chris, I'm at this job and I hate it. Like, what should I do? I'm like, well, you need to find a way to either enjoy it more or find a new type of work to do different company, whatever it is. Um, so, it was just, it was just, I think so many of us go through the motions and I was not ever really mindful of the fact that, okay, like you do have control over this. You, you, you can find joy in whatever the work is. And, and if I would have tried to do that with my old consulting job, I probably could have you know found some, probably not as much fulfillment as I do now, but I was so just out of touch and just kind of going through the motions that I didn't even think about how I could maybe turn my life around or make my life better. Um, and really contribute on a bigger, bigger scale. I mean, for me, that's kind of what drives me now. And and to not to look back at just how miserable I was, and I I hate it. Um, but you know, like I said before, you know, every day we have a chance to kind of turn things around. Mm-hmm. So when did that happen for you, Chef? When did you hit the switch and say I need to start living intentionally? Like when did that light bulb go off for you? Yeah, I, I think it was really. Um, my girlfriend who I'm, I'm still with now, um, she's great. She's a, a physical therapist and, and she's very responsible at the time. I, yeah, we, we just started dating and I wasn't responsible. Um, I, I was, you know, going out drinking at night and, and, you know, having fun like a lot of industry folks do. Uh, and at the same time, you know, I was working at the restaurant, you know, 50, 60 hours a week wasn't getting paid those first three years. So at least the first year or so her and I were dating, I wouldn't make any money. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so yeah, I was working another 40 hours a week just to, you know, hopefully pay the bills, which still kind of left me a little bit, a little bit short. So, you know, I was, you know, running around all the time. I wasn't really part of that relationship and, and I was about to lose her. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't really give her the, the time or respect or the energy that she deserved. So I said, you know what? I need to figure something out. And that's when I really just took a step back and said, okay, what have you been doing the last 10 years and why isn't it working? And once I kind of realized that I wasn't being intentional about who I was being every day, you know, I tell people every single day, like if you find something better to do or learn every day, then after a year or 10 years, you have a ton of stuff under your belt now. And I think it's being intentional at work, but also in relationships and just across the board and, once you can kind of connect with that part of yourself that it knows that there's something more out there, it's hard to ever think about something else. Mm-hmm. No, I totally get it. Uh, I, I'm experiencing that right now. And it seems like every other thing, every, like everything other than whatever it is that you're waking up every day to accomplish is just like an obstacle uh, holding you back from it's almost to the point of where it's obsession, like where it's it, it, like you haven't found your true passion until you can't shut it off. Um, and, and unless you're doing work like that, I don't know why you're on the, like, why, why else be on this planet? Like if you can't find that fulfillment, um, you can't wake up every day and want to tackle whatever it is you have to do. Like I've been sitting down at this table at this desk or on the chair behind me, reading your books, uh, or doing 
emailing somebody since at least eight o'clock this morning is when I started working. That was, bef- you know, that was, uh, you know, after I did my morning routine, but it's now going on six o'clock and I still have to edit and, you know, schedule this for uh, publishing for tomorrow morning. By the time I'm done, it's going to be 10 o'clock. That's 14 hours of work. Uh, but I love every second of it. And that's so fulfilling. And I feel like that's what you feel like when uh, you're at the restaurant and you're, uh, you know, like working like a madman laboring away. But when you have that sense of camaraderie at the end of the day, like you just crushed it and you, uh, I mean, go through that experience of how that started making you um, just feeling more fulfilled. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why it's so important to really try and connect with the work and, and do work that matters to you, whatever that work is, mm-hmm. because, you know, we're in restaurants, we don't do it for the money. We don't do it for, for the fame or the glory or for James Beer or Michelin stars. We do it, like you said before, to make people happy and to see people smile and hopefully connect with the people around us and maybe make their lives better at the same time. Um, so if you can do all those things, then, yeah, you don't mind working 40 hours a week or 50 hours a week for free knowing that what I'm doing might be paying off down the road. You know, I, I've been... My chef, Chris Hill brand, I've been you know doing this writing and, and you know, TV stuff for, I don't know, it's right about five years, I guess, really kind of focused uh, on building it. And, you know, for the first four and a half of that, I didn't really see a dime. And, you know, people in my life who don't actually have the same kind of connection to their work and to their mission that I do say, well, I don't get it, man. I, I don't get you're spending all your time doing this, but, but it's not bringing you, you know, a paycheck. It's not... And, and for me, it's not about that. I mean, yes, I do need to pay bills. And I want to make sure that I can take care of all that and you know, live the life that I want to. But it's not about money or it's not about the fame or the awards. It's really about doing the work that's important to you. And maybe, maybe you do have to, for a while, sell for a job that you don't like. But that doesn't mean you can't go home and then spend time, like Gary Vaynerchuk talks about, spend time doing you know, that, that passion of yours, you know, after hours so that you can maybe find a way to, to monetize that for yourself down the road. Yeah. That's a big lesson you share in the book too. You're uh, highlighting your conversation. I, I'm looking through the book right now, trying to remember the name of the guy who, uh, you know, he's won Michelin stars in the past and he put out a special and somebody said to him, you know, you're not going to get a Michelin star putting out dishes like that. And what was his response and who was it? Let's, let's talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, that was a chef Dwayne Keller and, and, you know, he's, he's worked in you know, some um, great places, amazing places, run some small kitchens, some huge kitchens, and actually had a book launch party up at his restaurant uh, in Alexandria you know, a few weeks back. And, and it was cool to see him interacting in, in, like, in like his element, you know, seeing him, the relationship he had with, you know, he's 55 now probably, but seeing the relationship he has with his employees, you know, like for very simple things like, he taught this young Mexican 18, 19, 20 year old kid how to properly shake somebody's hand mm. and, and um, you know, that, things like that. That is one thing that drives me crazy. I hate to derail the conversation, but if you ever shake a kid's hand and it's like a loose noodle in your hand, do the world the favor and show that poor kid how to shake a hand. That's like the best it, thing you can do for somebody. Sorry to derail you. No, no, I agree. <laughs> you know, a lot of, a lot of people, might just kind of you know, pass that right over and say, oh, that's a, the dishwasher. You know, he's he's just here to work. But you know, actually seeing people like that invest in, in the people around them. But yeah, to go back to this whole conversation with like the the it was a, it was a scallop dish that he was that he had shared I think on LinkedIn, and this this guy was I guess a little bit snotty about like oh we remember when a Michigan Michelin star doing that, and yeah. I don't think anyone signed up for this job, especially because a lot of us, you know, started doing it before missions or not mission stars necessarily, but like the fame idea of it was ever really you know, prominent or, mm-hmm. or possible, you know, aside from a select few. So I think it's just for him. He says, you know what? I don't do it. Michelin stars. I do it because I have a, a chance to make people happy mm-hmm. to, uh, to make people happy through my food, to make people happy and make their lives better through, the relationships and what I can teach them. And you know, that's the power we have as, as chefs and as mentors is, is having people that work for us, you know, our lines in our kitchens on the front of the house, our managers and giving them tools and things that they didn't have before or helping them cultivate things that they might not be as, as sharp at as they could be. And 
knowing that you might have helped somebody down the road in their career is super powerful. And it's, yeah, it's, it's not about awards or, or stars. It's about you making a difference in, in with our customers, with the, the community and the people around us. But, you know, one of the this is the lesson that's within this story that you share in the book is one of the biggest lessons uh, that I've taken away from doing my podcast. And one of the, the, the lessons that resonated most with me in reading your book. And that lesson is that it's not the people who start out in this industry in pursuit of those things like the fame and of those things like the money. It's those who who are just so are just so in love with their work, with making it about other people with the reward that comes with just serving others, whether it be your guests or whether it be serving the people that work for you and helping them grow as professionals, helping them grow as human beings. And it's because of that work, because you're investing in other people, what the result is so many times is those, those fame, like the fame, the money that's, that's what comes when your core values are in the right place and you're doing it for other reasons other than the fame, if you want to be famous, if you want to be successful in this industry, don't pursue it. I mean, that's what I took away from your words and from this story. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, it kind of goes back to that Jeff Goins quote about, you know, finding like, I feel like I had to find, you know, something that I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's really kind of, well, maybe it's actually being a good person and striving for the right things first. And then everything else kind of falls into place. And um, yeah, because if you're if you're chasing that that next that next award or whatever it is, um, however big your community is, you're going to continually be trying to strive for the next thing and the next thing. You're never satisfied, and the only thing to keep you going through the, the challenging and hard times is to actually love what you do and love the people that you're around, and and know that what you do actually does make a difference in in the world. Absolutely, and. Uh... You also touch on uh, Simon Sinek uh, in this book and his whole philosophy, his first book with Start With Why, and people don't purchase what you're making, but they purchase why you're doing it and the deeper meaning, the underlying the underlying meaning of whatever the work is that you do. And I want to use the example of the first um, chef that you profile in your book, Chef Brandon Krastowski, and uh, he, I love his story um, because of that why, and I think that his his purpose for starting his restaurant, I'll let you tell the story, is just so amazing what he's done and what he continues to do. And he's going to be coming on the show in a couple of weeks. I'm, I think it's next week that we're scheduled the interview. So I – or no, wait. He's scheduled tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. I just checked. So I can't wait for that chat because um, he, I'll let you tell the story. You, you know it better than I do. Just take us through his whole mission and what he's doing. Yeah, so so he grew up in Detroit. You know, Detroit for a long time has kind of gotten a bad rap, and you know, for, in a lot of ways, rightly so. But he um, was a late teenager, getting into trouble like a lot of kids do, and and ended up getting in trouble with the law, and was seeing up to ten years in prison. Mm-hmm. And he's there in front of the judge, and the, the judge, you know, gave him mercy and and said, "You're going to be on probation." started working for this this chef there in Detroit who kind of started to be his mentor. But I think from then until when he opened up this place called Edwin's, which was 10 years, he had this vision. He was never too far away from this this gavel that could have you know, struck him down on him and, and essentially ruined his life in a lot of ways. So he, um, he went to Congress Institute of America after that, went and worked it. It's some uh, amazing you know, three Michelin star restaurants in France or for uh, Charlie Trotter up, up in uh, Chicago. And all along he had this vision for what he wanted to do with, with opening up this restaurant slash Institute that would be employed by all recently released uh, prisoners. And cause he, he's, you know, so all these people and like you have the recidivism rate of like, I don't know, it's like 66%. You know, within three years, almost everybody goes back, and it's because they don't have these tools. And he knew that he knew that that could have been him. That could have been him trying to get out. You know, right now or whatever it was. And and he said, "I can make a difference. I want to help these people." And you know, as a result, you know, now he has this mission of wanting to create the best culinary institute in the country. And 
that takes the front seat to everything. He he was joking about how he didn't think they were get married because he he told his wife that hey, this is this is the driver's seat, and you're kind of second to that uh, because this mission is so important to me. Mm. And it, it's clear that his why is is making a, a difference and also kind of spreading the word about hey, like maybe things aren't as fair as as they seem, and why is there why are all these people going back to prison when 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 uh, they maybe shouldn't be or shouldn't even be there in the first place? Yeah. So yeah. he had. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I mean, what really stood out to me in the story is he had a second chance and he had somebody who invested in him and gave him those tools, like you said, the discipline, the respect, all those things and invested their time in giving him a career, giving him an outlet. And he was so grateful for that. Uh, he wanted to, to basically his why is that is basically sums off that gratitude of what this person did for him. And he wanted to pay it forward. I mean, there's so many people, like you say, that uh, get out of jail and society just turns their nose. Do you have any convictions? Sorry, we're not hiring you. Those people make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Hell, man, I could have, I could be in jail. There's things I've done in my life, not awful, but we all make stupid decisions that I could be in jail. And people get bad reps sometimes. They get, they make mistakes. They're still people. And when you take the time, to invest in that person and say, hey, like, I believe in you. I'm going to invest in you. I'm going to give you a second chance. Like, someone gave me a second chance. It's amazing, the impact. And, and there, that's his why. That's his purpose. That's what – I mean, I'm sure his food's great. I'm sure they put out an amazing service. But do you think people are, are buying into the food they're putting out or that they know that they're supporting an amazing cause where they're helping people get their life back on the right direction? Like that's it, so it, powerful. It, it absolutely is. It's funny you ask that because that's a question I asked. I said, you know, the folks that coming coming into the restaurant, uh, do they know that about this Edwin's Institute? You know, which is they have these these prisoners uh, the recent release. It's a six month program. They put them up in housing. They have a five hundred dollar a month stipend. So they put them in the best situation to succeed. Not only is like here's a job as a cook, but really to be managers and chefs and and it's really pretty incredible. And so I asked him, like, do people know this amazing thing that you're doing? And he's last year he was nominated as one of the CNN heroes, which is pretty incredible. And he's got a lot more publicity since then. But before that, they didn't. Nobody had any idea that these were all you know, ex-cons that were trying to use this second chance to, to you know make their life better, mm-hmm. which I think, which, which maybe even is more powerful because... It's like, okay, well, maybe all we need sometimes is a second chance, and we need that person to give us the chance to to uh, better our lives. You know, like we all, like you said, we all make mistakes, and we all do things that we, we wish we wouldn't have. And I can tell you I've done dumb things, and I've also been given a lot of things that a lot of these, these ex-cons you know, haven't been, you know, my childhood and things like that. So I think it's, it's, um, it's incredible to see, and I know that, he's uh, making a difference there and really helping spread the word. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, I, I love this story for two reasons. First is because it really emphasizes that the impact, the significance, if you ha- are so clear, I mean, it's three things. He had an amazing vision and he didn't let anything pull him off center line. Like, like uh, Michael Hyatt says, nothing would drift him off that center line, right? He knew what he was doing. Not even his wife could get in the way of uh, completing his mission. He was determined. And also, um, it's just that the power of having a why that is just so moving. And I think he just, I know he wasn't trying to do it to become rich, which is an, you can even say it's four things. <laughs> he wasn't trying to do it to become rich. He wanted to do it because it meant something to him and it resonated with people. That why was just so powerful. And then lastly, um, it's about other people. And that's one of the, the quotes I love. It's, it's one of the last lines in the book. And it says, the second you make it all about you is the second you've already lost. It's about people. It's always has been about people and it always will be. And that, that line, it, it just shines through in his story as well, too. Um, do you have any- it does. Yeah, I was just going to say, too, like, and once you start taking that mindset and once you actually, like, you know, people say, like, whenever you're in a rut, whenever you aren't, you know, feel like you're in a bad place in your life, when you, the best thing you can do is go help somebody else and then you start feeling better. 
And once you start doing that on a consistent basis, like you do, or I think myself, once you start doing that, it is contagious. And not only for yourself, and you want to keep doing it because it, it does, in a kind of selfish way, it makes you feel better, but you're also helping people. But then they kind of spread that that good energy in their lives to people around them as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Awesome stuff. Um, what else do we want to talk about? I mean, there's so many things. I don't know what direction to go in. Uh, there's just so much value in this book. Um, maybe this is a good time to thank our sponsors. Have you always dreamed of opening a restaurant? Well, if you have, then you need a business plan and live plan is here to make it easy. Live plan will help you painlessly create an expert business plan, allowing you to impress investors and get funded. Live plan sets you up for success and takes care of the business details so you can spend more time focusing on your goals, such as developing a delicious menu, getting ready for your grand opening and becoming the talk of the town. To learn more and to get started with your first month free, yes, free at $20 savings exclusive to Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, visit liveplan.com slash unstoppable. That's liveplan.com forward slash unstoppable. Get on it. I mean, is there anything that is just like at the the tip of your tongue that uh, you feel like is worth bringing up? Something that just really... Uh, left an impact with you when writing this book? Well, you know, I, I try and be an open book, as <laughs> quote unquote. <laughs> exactly. And, um, but, you know, I, I try to be a lot more honest with myself and my life and, and kind of my career and where I've gotten to. Um, so, you know, kind of, I don't know, maybe halfway, a little farther down through the book, you know, I talk about recently in my life, you know, I sold my share of a restaurant in Virginia, mm-hmm. was going to, you know, with the you know, business plan and investor lined up everything mm. uh, to open a place here in Atlanta. And, and then basically everything went to hell and there I was like, I worked so hard to get myself in that place and I could see this. I finally, you know, I had this vision for myself and I saw it so clearly and then I felt like it was all taken from me. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of us get to that place where for me, I was miserable for, Jeff, Three, I don't. Four. I don't think you really dove into that enough to really pay homage to what you went through. Was it? Uh, you you owned your restaurant five years, right? The first restaurant. Yep. I, yeah, it was five years. I, I left after the end of the five year option for the lease. So three years of that time, you didn't even get paid, or two years of that time, you didn't even get paid. All this hard work to build up, to build equity, to build. Uh, uh, assets to, to develop all these things so you could go on and do something that was kind of a greater that you always had dreamed of, right? Five years of that hard work, those crazy hours you spent building to this moment, you sold your share, you move to Atlanta, you, you partner with these people. Everything is on the line for you. This isn't just an opportunity. Like this is your life and it fell apart last minute. I just wanted to really put emphasis on the situation and yeah, what, well, what you sacrificed yeah. to get to that point. And that was the thing. You know, I was partnering up with my brother, who's a mixologist here in Atlanta, um, and he was looking to maybe have a child. And, you know, I, I said, listen, like, I don't want to tell you to do the restaurant. I don't want to tell you to do the child. Like, y'all need to figure that out, you and your wife. And, and then once our initial uh, funding fell through, uh, we had some more lined up. But then he said, listen, man, I'm going to uh, – I'm going to go in a different direction. And, and for him, it, it was one month worth of, of maybe struggling to pay the bills of having to work maybe a little bit harder that he said, you know what, I can't do this anymore. And I'm like, dude, here I was for you know three years not getting paid. And you know, everything that I've done the last five years kind of led up to this point. And, and now you're the one that, that, that can't make a little bit of a sacrifice. And yeah, I, I think it, it's really is about, making sacrifices for what you want to do. You know, if you want, if you want to do this for the rest of your life, then you have to be willing to, to, you know, assess and all your life and figure out, well, what is important to me? If this really is important to me, where can I, what can I cut out to make that work? Where can I maybe make some more money on the side to make sure that I can pay my mortgage so that we can open this restaurant. Um, and so I, I think for me going through that, 
that really challenging you know, five years of you know busting my ass for for you know, what I thought would lead to this restaurant really helped shape me um, to be to be able to get back on my feet. I guess uh, it, it took a while, uh, but you know I think another great story from the book is is talk about Fabio Viviani, who you know from Top Chef. He had an insane childhood from you know, poverty, pretty much made a bunch of money, lost it, made a bunch more. And, um, but you know, he talks about hard work and, and what's your excuse? Everybody has an excuse. Everybody has, oh, well, I want to go out and drink with my friends or oh, I have to watch you know my favorite TV show tonight. Or, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things, but if you really want something, you have to really figure out how much you want it and be willing to go for it yeah. every day. And just to dive deeper into that story with Fabio, um, he – he, I think, started working at 11 years old, if I remember correctly, uh, built this empire for himself by the time he was 27 millionaire, uh, owned a bunch of restaurants, came to America to kind of start a new and uh, to kind of expand upon whatever he was doing in his life. Uh, his father gets sick. He loses everything to kind of take care of the family, and he starts from scratch again. Um, and I feel like there's so many – we take a lot of risks. There's a, this is a very high-risk industry, and there's going to be times – where we, you know, go all in to, to make a better move for us, ourselves, to, to get ahead in our lives, to live intentionally, to stay on that course. But sometimes we miss something. Sometimes the plans don't go exactly how we want them, like with you and like Fabio. So, Chris, what's your advice for somebody who's at home, like going, shit, that's me. Like, I'm in this rut right now. Like, I'm going through this. I'm depressed. Like, I, I'm having trouble getting out of bed every day. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I want to call it quits. Like, what is your advice for that person listening right now? Yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's one of the hardest places you can be because it seems like whatever you do, it's all about my, me. It's all about me. And if you can't, you know, separate yourself from the situation, then I, I think it's really hard to get out. I can tell you for myself, personally, yeah, I think you and I have died in this before, but, you know, for me, I lost my mom at 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had a five-year bout with cancer, you know, all sorts of, you know, surgeries every couple months, you know, chemo, radiation, all that stuff. So for me, I got very used to this idea of, well, you don't always get what you want. Mm-hmm. And you have two choices. You can, you can, you can, you know, bitch and moan like I did for three or four months after the restaurant didn't work out, uh, which wasn't healthy. I was, a, a, I was miserable to be around. I wouldn't, I, my girlfriend hated me. My, my family did. I, I see my brother and we get in a big argument. We, we got in a huge argument at my cousin's wedding. And, and at that point it had already happened. So what, what good is it going to do to, to keep kind of harping on it? I think we just need to realize that, Hey, like we don't get everything we want in life. So what's next? What can I do to try and figure out the next move? Mm-hmm. And, and for me, that was, you know, building this brand, which it's funny how it worked out, but you know, that was back then it was, I had probably 10,000 followers on Facebook and now I have a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so if, if you can just take a step back and realize that, Hey, like you go through challenges, but so does everybody else here. And, and know that you can't control everything. You can control who you are, you know, how you're showing up, how hard you work and you control who you are to the people around you. You know, if you can, you'd be an asshole to people or you can really try and, be better than, than you are being and, and make a difference. And again, goes back to the idea of if you are in that rut and you can help somebody else, then that's the best way to get out of it. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I think the biggest thing to take away from this discussion, uh, on just how to get out of that rut is know that you have the choice. You can either do something about it and choose to be positive. I mean, we as humans are blessed with the ability to make a decision to choose to be happy. We can do that. We can, we literally have the power to say, I choose to stay positive. I choose to focus on the future. I choose not to let this, whatever it was, hold me down and know that you have that power. When you are stressed, like they, like they say in the book, like, like you write about in the book, leave that monkey on the tree Leave it behind you. Choose to go into work the best version of yourself. You have the power to do it. You do. And and I want to do a quick experiment with you, if you don't mind. I um I got this from Tony Robbins, but he um so tell me about two of your proudest moments in life, if you don't mind being uh, a little bit open. 
your two, your proudest two moments in your life. Getting on the spot here. Yeah, I'm just trying to reflect. Um, one that stands out to me. Uh, you said two. Yeah. The first, one, yeah, one or two. The first one. Um, my whole life, I've always looked at other people and seen the the strengths of other people and always admired other people for what it is they can do. And I never really understood what my strengths were as a person. And I was having a, a, a catch a palooza for, you know, Eric catch We have a catch a palooza while I was in college. I'd throw a party every summer at my house to bring all my friends together. Nice. And um, one of my dearest friends, uh, I love her so much. Uh, her name's Suzanne Walker. She said something to me that kind of opened my eyes and it was, you have an amazing ability to, to bring people together. And in that moment, it kind of was an eye opener. Like, cause you don't realize what you're good at until you stop and listen to what people say, really, you know, cause you don't, you're looking out, you don't ever look in. So for me, that proudest moment was realizing that I'm good at bringing people together. Okay. That's a great example. Uh, now we'll, we'll do one. Now one, of your most painful or, or, or worst memories, kind of like the opposite of what that might be. Worst memory. Uh, the day I decided to resign from aviation because I kind of came to a realization that my entire life or not my entire life, but at least 10 years of my life was devoted towards something that wasn't right for me. Something that, um, didn't highlight any of my natural strengths, something that didn't fulfill me. And I wasn't only investing 10 years of my life towards this, but also it was over $200,000 in debt because of it. And I had to start from scratch. Um, that was probably the, the deepest point of my life. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can relate to that on, on a number of levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this whole experiment, I guess with the, the most, uh, proud and the, and the most miserable moment, whatever you want to call it, is for whatever it is, the most proud moments of our lives are when they involve other people. Pretty much across the board. Um, our most miserable and most painful memories are almost always when it's just about us. Mm-hmm. When it's something that, that's me, 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 me. So I think the kind of moral of the story is how can I make it about other people? Mm. No, absolutely. For sure. And uh, just reflecting more in that moment, I think what, what scared me the most, I was so afraid to be seen as a failure in other people's eyes because I went so far, mostly because the one thing that really, uh, always was in the back of my mind, uh, going through school to be a commercial pilot is the, the knowing that one day I'd be able to, uh, support my family. My parents worked hard. You know, they worked real hard in the restaurant. Uh, those crazy hours. We'd never been a, a family of abundance, and I knew that if I became a commercial pilot, and I did, but that one day I would be able to, you know, send them on vacations. Get, you know, you know the the benefits of having those free travel benefits, and knowing that I could maybe invest in their retirement and help them, and knowing that I came so far and I I, I failed, letting them down for me was the biggest part of that failure. Yeah, and, and again, I can relate. You don't mind me jumping back into my story no, a little bit. No, this is your time um, to shine, dude. Please. Sorry, I didn't mean to go so deep into mine. No, no, no. I appreciate that. I'm just going to say I can really, really relate. Maybe on a different, kind of me on the opposite side of that. Like, you know, I came from it. My father was, he worked really, really hard and was able to give us, you know, private school growing up. Uh, he was able to help, you know, a lot with my college tuition. Um, you know, we went to the country club and things like that. And all my friends, you know, my family, you know, they expect us to go to college, you get that, that banking job or that, like you're talking about, I'll be able to take care of my family and, and give my kids the same thing that things that I had growing up. Mm-hmm. And then when I decided to shift directions because I was miserable at this nine to five job in consulting, there's a, a realization that, wow, like, okay, I'm starting over and none of my friends from high school, they aren't chefs, mm-hmm. they aren't in restaurants. And my dad didn't understand this industry. Am I letting him down? And for a long time, he's always been supportive, but for a long time, I don't think he understood, you know, how important it was for me to do this work. Mm. And I think really once he kind of saw me and my 
platform kind of hit a tipping point, he was able to understand like, okay, wow, it's not just about, you know, sending your kids to the country club or, or you know, buying the pick of Finn's house. Like you've heard me talk about the pick of Finn's house and how, you know, well, maybe they all don't all look the same. Maybe there's a bunch of different ways to get to the same place. Uh, so, you know, for me and for you, I think we chose those paths that, that make sense to us and, and may not make sense to other people, but you know, at the end of the day, it's about, you know, being able to contribute and uh, do the work that we love. Mm. The work that fulfills you, the work that you're naturally good at to wake up every day and put in those 14, 16 hour days and not work a moment of your life because you just love the work that you're doing um, is so powerful. Um, so let me ask you if there is one lesson uh, through this journey that you recently went on doing the research, interviewing these people, collect, collecting this data, uh, what's one of the biggest lessons you've, you've taken away from just this journey you've been on? Yeah, there's a lot. Um, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about obviously these incredible chefs and yeah, I had a pretty good pulse on what I thought their stories would contribute to this book with these lessons. And, uh, but you know, for me, I think, I think the biggest lesson I learned is, you know, these are all chefs I interviewed from you know, different backgrounds, you know, some black, some white men, women, uh, some went to culinary school, some didn't. So it was, you know, it was a wide cross section of individuals. And the, the biggest thing that I think I, I learned and was able to pull from it is that if you want to make it happen, you can, mm. um, I think it goes back to being intentional and, and knowing that, okay, like if I really want something, I can get it, but I do have to make sacrifices. I do have to, you know, like Fabio Viviani talks about work really hard. I have to create a vision. I have to surround myself with people that appreciate me and that I appreciate as well. And we can mentor each other along the way. And then when things don't go wrong um, to really, you know, shift and pivot and find ways to, to, make it work in a different way if we have to. And then I think one of the other greatest things is, you know, showing up willing to learn and be curious. You know, a lot of, almost all these chefs, um, they had mentors and they, some of them went to culinary school, but they wanted to figure it out. They wanted to learn and be better. And, and they're, there's never a top to the mountain. It's always what hill can I climb next? What can I learn next? And, um, a lot of these folks just really through their stories reiterate that fact to me over and over again. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, for me, this book was just so much fun to read just because we're on such similar journeys, such similar passions with which such, uh, you know, just similar missions and what the work we're doing. And I've seen, I saw a lot of similarities in what you discovered and what I've discovered. And uh, I really enjoyed reading this book again. It's, it's uh, making the cut. What separates the best from the rest? If you guys want to check that out, I'll have links in the show notes. This is episode 242. So head over to restaurant slash 242. Um, I have one more question. Uh, you, you list restaurant unstoppable as one of the sources uh, for this book. And thank you very much for that. But I'm curious, uh, where, how did Restaurant Unstoppable influence this book? What, where w- is this book present in your book, or where is my podcast? Like, where is the, the lessons you picked up from being a listener of Restaurant Unstoppable? Where is that present in the book? Well, yeah, I think, yeah, I think in a lot of ways it just kind of reaffirms a lot of the things that that I believe and, and think for the industry, and also just for myself. Uh, you, I think you have a lot of your guests could easily be in this book as well. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about a lot of the same things we've talked about the last, you know, 45 minutes or an hour. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's one specific thing. It was important to me to, when folks got to the end of this book, um, if they got the end, hopefully that means they enjoyed it or you didn't want to burn it or anything. <laughs> um, so if they were able to get the end and, and see, okay, well, here's some resources that now that I have this better way of, of seeing my career in this industry. Now, how can I keep it going? You know, they talk about, you know, 12 step programs and things like that, that the only way to you know, keep going is to, is to keep surrounding yourself with the same ideas. So for me, it's really important to, okay, don't just stop here at this book. 
what's next is is this podcast and and some other places that people can find great content like you're very generous with with your work your time and there's no reason why if people like my book they they should absolutely love your podcast and and the different personalities and, and people and stories and lessons that, that people bring every week awesome man uh thank you so much for those kind words uh yeah uh and you know there was just for me it was the same exact thing when reading your book like every chapter it was an affirmation like okay i'm what i'm picking up what i'm learning is solid like this is real stuff this is other people are seeing the same trends and um it was it's a great book uh absolutely must read uh when are you gonna have this on audio i'm curious oh man you know i've i'm i've been so kind of head down yeah i the book published back uh, May 24th and then did kind of a week worth of, of, of events and then went on vacation uh, for about a week to kind of just unwind a little bit, try and get a little bit of sleep, which I've been lacking recently. <laughs> You're a beast, man. And, I don't know how you do it. I know, man. I'm grinding all the time. Uh, but, but again, if you love it, then you love it. And uh, so, yeah, I have some more, a few more events uh, you know, this month and next month. Um, but yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trying to get out as fast as I can. I want to be able to, I think my, my audience would, would enjoy having my voice, even though I hate, hate it. But I think people like feeling like the author is actually the one that's kind of there telling the story. So I do want it to be me and, and, um, yeah, I don't know, maybe in the, maybe next couple of weeks or a month. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll be looking forward to that, but for now, uh, definitely go pick up this book. You will not regret it i'm telling you it's a great book it will put your mind in the right place uh and there are some incredible lessons to be taken away from this book so um we wrap up every interview every episode with you calling somebody out you have some incredible people in this book maybe uh a few people you can think of who would be a great guest mentor on the show uh like you've been for us today well i think uh what seems appropriate to me based on our Twitter conversation the last couple of days would be Fabio Viviani. Yeah, Fabio. And um, I don't know if you were able to connect with him and his his people, uh, his handlers, quote unquote. But uh, I, I can shoot them an email for you as well if you need need a uh, an intro. I was able to connect, and uh, we haven't got anything on the books yet, but it seems like it's going to happen. So this might just be that that little push to get it going a little bit faster because I'd love to get Fabio on the show. He has an incredible story, and I think it would be a and great episode. An, inc- an incredible energy, man. He's he's just full of life and and uh yeah it was it was a lot of fun to talk to him for sure awesome so uh let the folks at home know how we can connect with you if they want to follow your work if they want to uh support what you're doing if they want to check out your book all the information we need to you know maybe even keep the conversation going yeah man so um my you know facebook is probably where i do the most stuff uh chef chris hill on facebook on instagram i am the obnoxious handle of the chris hill uh, the underscore Chris Hill, uh, which I hate, but hey, it's easier than some alternatives. Uh, Twitter, uh, at Batch, B-A-C-H, Kitchen, which is a long story. And uh, you know, my website's uh, MyBachelorKitchen.com, where I share a lot of my articles as well as on, over on Medium. So awesome. love to hang out with you guys, connect, and um, let me know what you think about the book. Awesome. I'll have all those links again in the show notes. RestaurantUnstoppable.com slash two four to chef chris hill thank you so much for coming on the show to discuss your book to give us a little inspiration uh there is no questioning my friend you are unstoppable thanks brother always a pleasure (laughs) cheers Yo, what's going on, guys? So uh, just finished wrapping up this interview with Chef Chris Hill, and it was a great show. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm feeling like 10x motivated right now, inspired. uh, Just, you know, just so many affirmations after reading his book. uh, So many just parallels in our research uh, that really makes me feel that the advice that I'm giving you, uh, the advice that my, my guests are sharing with you, Uh, is just dead on. So just keep listening, keep acting on their advice, keep working on just being the best version of you, you you can be and uh, good things will come of it. And uh, Chris uh, wanted to to let me know after we recorded that he has uh, three signed copies of his book that he wants to give away to the restaurant unstoppable community. So the best way or the way, not the best way, but the only way you can get one of these three books is by leaving a review so head over to iTunes, uh, find, you know, just do a search for Restaurant Unstoppable 
And when you find the look, when you find that thumbnail that you find that restaurant unstoppable uh, cover art there, click on it. You'll find all my past episodes. There's a section to click on rating and reviews and leave a review. So if you do that uh, and you do it within the next week. So today is the 15th. This episode is going live on the 16th. So tomorrow the 16th is when this episode will be live. Uh, you will have seven days from the 16th to get that uh, review in and you will get a chance randomly going to select uh, one of the folks who left a review to have, you know, to get one of these, uh, one of the three, there's going to be three books. So there's going to be plenty of, you know, increased odds there. So, so help me out, leave a review and get a chance to get a free uh, signed copy of this incredible book. You'll love it. And uh, thank you very much, Chef Chris Hill for that generosity. Uh, can't wait to see your reviews guys. I hope you enjoyed today's show until next time. Peace out.